Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. What's going on, family? Hey, this is your man, Gerard Bonner. I am honored to be hanging out with you today for this special episode of On Course with Heart Ramsey. Now, listen, from time to time, we're going to have these special talks with Pastor Ramsey that we're calling Heart to Heart. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of Pastor Heart Ramsey about a lot of the issues that are going on in our world, whatever's on his mind. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. So, Pastor Ramsey, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. Good to be here. Yes, it is good to have you here. It's a break from the norm, but I like this idea because there are so many things that are going on that we really need your voice to speak to. And you've been very vocal on social media about the election and all that has happened with it. And now, you know, we have our 45th president, President Donald Trump. I guess my first question to you is, what were your feelings when... A, the election results were revealed, and B, after the inauguration. Well, you know, uh, uh, first of all, when we talk about feelings, I believe that we should be honest about our feelings. Being a Christian does not mean that I have to um, always feel the way that um, maybe others think a Christian should feel. To be Mm -hmm. honest with you, the election results were the most depressing news I'd received in, it seemed like, decades. Wow, wow. (laughs) And only because, only because... Of the campaign itself, the, comp- the campaign was ugly. It was divisive. Right. It, it there was so much, and I, I'm, I could use the buzzword you know, or racist, misogynistic, xenophobic. Mm-hmm. I could, go, but we're not going to do that. To be honest with you, is that the, my in my mind when I think a leader, and and myself having to go through so many different transformations just to lead a local church, right. To think that um, that anyone f- that w- will be allowed by God or by anyone to sit in the highest seat in the land or probably in the world mm-hmm. with that type of character deficiency and whatever what I saw in Mr. Trump, it, it was difficult for me. I, it felt, yeah. to be honest with you, I want to say this for I felt like God had betrayed us. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's, that's I, honest. I, I got to be transparent. Yeah, I, that's, I, and, and and I'm a. I, so people will know that if they're listening to me for the first time, mm-hmm. I've, I've been saved from 1982. Do the math. That's 35 years. Mm-hmm. And in my first year in ministry, the man that God gave me to, to teach me the Bible and to transition me from a sinner's mentality to a saint's mentality. Um, he, the first year he said to me, you're called to be a pastor. So I've been in training for that long. Wow. And I felt like I felt like um, my feelings towards the election were very, very um they were raw mm-hmm. um they, they i felt i felt betrayed i felt wounded yeah and and so now move forward to the inauguration i, I had a couple months to prepare myself and I, what i was hoping was that mr trump would use the, the the period between the election itself november the 8th to the inauguration january the 20th to show the people that he could be for all of us right instead what i saw was uh, 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 and if you go on Twitter, you'll see a couple of times where I felt a personal need to rebuke the ignorance he was tweeting. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, and and people say, well, you, I felt you're disrespecting the president. I wasn't disrespecting the president. I was reminding the president as, as, as a voice of God. Man, listen, you have to assume the position. If you're going to be the, the leader of the land, you can't be on Twitter talking like some, like some uh, out of control um, bully. Right, right. And, and so by the time we got to the inauguration, I, again, um, I had time to prepare. And so I, I actually watched the inauguration and I encouraged others to watch it in hopes that I could hear him try to bridge the divide. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't do that, then I had to get with the Lord and say, God, now you have to. I, 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 I literally told the Lord, I loathe this man. Right. <laughs> I, wow. I didn't say hate. I said, I loathe him. <laughs> and I said, so you have to help me. That's what that, that was my. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> well, but but you know what though? It's funny because I think for a lot of America and maybe even around the world, there was this feeling of almost mourning. Certainly, the day and the days after the election, and then even during the inauguration, the tone of the land felt different. So, talk about how as pastors. Uh, pastors should respond during this period? Because I think there are a couple of messages out there. There's the one message that says, well, you know, God is in control and everything's going to be all right. Then there's the other side that says this was God's doing. And as Franklin Graham, which we'll get into that in a second, when he said that, you know, the rain that came down from the inauguration was God's blessing. And, And then you have another set of people who are just saying like, Truth to power, activism, so on. How should pastors right now be leading their people during this period? I have a lot of things to say about that, and that's a great question, Gerard. I'm going to start here. Number one, let's talk about the Franklin Graham statement. I'm not going to talk a lot about Franklin Graham because um, I'll just say that their website over the last couple of years have revealed a part of that ministry that, that, that shocked me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say that um, the Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust so rain in and of itself is not an indicative blessing. Matter of fact, if you if you were to interview Noah, um, he would tell you that rain <laughs> can spell the end of life as you know it. Right. That's kind of what I thought about when he said that. I was like, ah. yeah, he he was. That's a stretch. That's that's a yeah. called evangelical stretch. But then, but then again, to those who say that this is that um, this is God's chosen vessel, I want to say this. We have to understand that what that there's a difference between what God ordains and what God allows. Right. Um. It, the 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 historical um biblical narrative of of Israel moving from being governed by God through um judges and prophets um to wanting to have a king because everyone else was under um a, a human king. Mm-hmm. In that story, th- this is what's interesting, is that um, Israel said, we want a king like right. everybody else. And that, that was it wasn't just that we want a king. Here is our prerequisite. He has to be the kind of king that everyone else has. Head and shoulders above the people. He has mm-hmm. to have. And so God, God uh, um, acknowledged, uh, matter of fact, Acts um, 13 says that God gave him a king after their desire. It was after their choosing. It wasn't God. It was their desire. Right, and if you follow the, the narrative of Saul, of Saul, King Saul, the Bible says that he um, he did not seek the Lord for forty years. The translation in the Hebrew is that he didn't pray to God mm. and ask for direction for forty years. Wow. Okay. Then after God rejected him because he he failed a series of 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 um tests, 
the Bible says that God gave Israel a king after his heart. Mm. The kind of king that he would have given them had they asked him for a king, the kind of king that he wanted. But they didn't do that. And I believe America in a desire or the part of the, the part of America that, that really uh, elected Donald Trump was was a part of America that believed that America was better when it back in the day when when certain people didn't have a voice right. when certain people weren't weren't factored in when when um when the borders were cl- you know the different criteria they gave to God and so they I believe God allowed the election of Donald Trump not so much ordained it hmm. now th- there's there's some more to that that's the first part the the, the the rest of that is once he's sitting in the office now. As as the church, you're talking about what should pastors do. All right. pastors should understand that we have a fiduciary responsibility. And for those of you who don't understand the word fiduciary, it means trust. Right. God has entrusted us with the responsibility, and we have to fulfill it in trust that whoever sits in that office now becomes the target and, and, and the, the, the subject of our prayers. Mm-hmm. We can pray about a person. We could pray against a person. Um, we could pray in spite of a person or we could pray for the person. The Bible says prayers and intercessions and prayers should be made on behalf of. That means for him. We have to pray for him. Right. And I'm going to tell you something real quickly before we go to another question. Another question. I, I went to, uh, the Lord has been dealing with me because I, I, I tweeted on Saturday, this past Saturday evening. I said, listen, um, you, I, I'm, I'm asking for the prayers of the saints because I loathe this man. I, I don't ever remember loathing a, hu- a human being like him. Right. And, and uh, different people saying, we're praying for you, Pastor. Thank you for being transparent. And this one person pres- um, presumed to rebuke me. Wow. And so, I, of course, we, we didn't pay attention to that. And uh, the next morning I was going to church. Uh, I had Pastor John Gray, who's um, the, one of the assistant pastors of Lakewood, was at that church. He's elder in my church. I, I ordained him. And he came and me and him sat and had a conversation, mm-hmm. which we're going to make available on video pretty soon. And in the conversation we, we're discussing, and as the leader of that house, the, the, the angel of the house, I had to speak to them about where I was. And I had prayed before the night saying, God, you have to change my heart towards this man. Wow. And, and in me ministering to the people about what God wants from us and who we are in Christ, man, I'm, I'm not kidding you. There's a miracle that happened. God turned my heart to see this man differently. Wow. To see him not so much as the, as the, the blowhard, arrogant, um, deceptive. I've never seen such a deceptive leader. But, but to see him from the perspective of a president who said all, who, who did all this finagling to get into the, the Oval Office, and now he's unqualified. Right. And God really helped us to see why is he so, okay, why is he so big on crowds? Mm. Why, why, why would you, it's an insecurity. Yeah. And God began, as we began to minister and, and worship and, and be before the Lord, God shows a whole nother image of this man as a scared, immature um, um, leader, not even a, not even a, a politician, but as a leader, who has, everything he has has been given to him, right? And he and he feels entitled to everything, and now he's in a position where watch this now, where he has to be creative, and he can't be, so he plagiarizes. Mm-hmm. Well, he has to be, he has to be humble, but he can't, he doesn't know how to be humble, so he so he he threatens, and and God says, what he needs is a new heart. Yeah, he would have fit perfectly into as one of the characters. In the Wizards of Oz. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. 
I got a special treat for you. Yes. Join Pastor Hart Ramsey for the Grace Summit, January the 26th through the 28th at Northview Christian Church, 500 East Dale Loop in Montgomery, Alabama. This will be a special time of impartation and teaching featuring Pastor Hart Ramsey and special guests. For more information, go to the website nccfamily.org or call 334-260-0404. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Hart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Heart Ramsey. I, I see that and even, you know, I've often equated this whole situation to uh, a season or an episode of, of House of Cards or Scandal. Yes. Um, you know, and I'm thinking about Frank Underwood on House of Cards, <laughs> you know, who yes. really, like you said, is not qualified to be president. Right. But did all of these things behind the scenes to get the job and now he's got it and he's like, Oh God, what do we do? Right. You right. know? And so I, I think you're right. You know, you've got a guy like this and it's, and it's crazy because the insatiable nation, nature of our culture is to really mirror what's happening in what we call reality TV. And so it's scary that we're seeing this play out in the way that we are. So then what should, what should the the believer, the parishioner, how should they respond to all of this? Because again, I think one of the dangers of those of us who are Christians is we have a tendency sometimes to bury our head in the sand when yep. it comes to issues of politics or anything that's not church. We bury our heads in the sand. What do we do in response to this? Should we is is let me ask this question. What is the spiritual action we should take and what is the practical action that we should take let me start with the practical first okay. uh, we have to redefine activism yes activism should not be you know everybody we're gonna be the resistance listen there's a there are people who are called to be the resistance mm-hmm. but this is what the first I, I think we need to posture ourselves and in posturing ourselves we need to understand and i want to be i'm gonna speak really clearly here and it's yes. gonna offend some people number one we cannot be liberals mm. and number two we cannot be conservatives. Agreed. We cannot be Democrats and we cannot be Republicans. Mm-hmm. We are theocrats. We, we are, we are, uh, the Jesus said you're receiving a kingdom. So we're in the kingdom of God. Let me show you what did us disqualifies both. Number one, on the left, um, the people, the extreme left, the people are saying, that, first of all, they have, they, 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 they give a version or they, they give off the inclusion that is, that is the love of God. They, 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 they really are big on love, but it's a, it's it, in a lot of ways, it's a godless kind of love because there's no restraint on the sin that could destroy a people. Mm. Okay, on the right hand side, they, they, they embrace or they, es- they espouse the the um the doctrine of, of um of conservative morals, but it's devoid of the love of God. Right. So on the one side, they got the love of God, but not no morals. The other side, they have the morals of God, but no love. Wow. So we cannot ad- identify with either. We are the man in the middle. Building a bridge 
for God to get to the people on both sides. That's good. When we, when we start when we start saying I am of of this person, I'm a, I'm I'm of um, Hillary, I'm of the, I'm of Trump. Then who is of Jesus? Wow. So th- th- that's the practical side. So our activism has to be all the people who are going to who are going to suffer from number one the regime that's in power, the government that's in power, mm-hmm. and then number two the the fallout in the fight. They're going to be casualties of war. Yes. Between the left and the right, we should, we are we are the triage. We we, we are uh, the emergency room. We are the healers. Mm-hmm. We are the peacemakers. We are the one. We we should have heaven supply coming to earth where we can minister spiritual things and natural things just as easily. We could pray and have a miracle of of, of healing just as as quickly as we could pray and get a miracle of of money coming in to help a community. Mm-hmm. We're going to be the people that's going to be that's going to be talking people off the wall. We're going to be the the, the, uh, the the people where people come and get healing. We understand sin and how it affects people. It affects all of us. We're going to be ministering healing to people who have who have um, struggles or spiritual struggles. And at the same time, we're going to be, we have to be the resource center where we could give people uh, the money to go to the doctor or to or to to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. That's the activism part. Yeah. The spiritual part comes specifically from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I want to read it to you. Okay. Paul says to Timothy, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. And then he tells them how to pray. Mm. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. He said, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. He said, this is good, and it pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Now, there's so much in this, but I want to go back and and give the practical spiritual thing for every believer. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. So so people say, God says to pray for the government. No, he said pray for everyone involved in the struggle. So our job is to pray for people. And God would never invite us to pray if he didn't intend to answer. Right. Pr- prayerfulness and prayerlessness can't have the same results mm. or else God is a liar right. and he's not. Now, did he, t- he didn't just tell us to pray. He said, here's how I want you to pray. Ask God to help them. So let's say, now he said, pray this way for kings and all in authority. So let's, let's, let's focus specifically on the over office. Let's talk about President Trump. Mm-hmm. God said, the way I want you to pray for him is ask me to help him. You say, why do I want you to help him? Yes, yes, yes. We want God to help him, watch right. this now, to, to value truth. Right. To, to, to help, him, help him to seek the Lord. Help him to see the value of all people. Help him to see that right now he's being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Help him to see, watch this, that you can't claim to be a Christian without Christ. You need to be right. born again. So right. yes, we, we're going to ask God to help him. That's number one. Number two, he says, intercede on their behalf, which means intercession is what is when we see a need. Intercession sees the need and gets in the middle and says, Lord, meet this need. So when we see him, for example, um, gaslighting, and that's and, and one of my members really enlightened me to this term gaslighting. And then what it deals with is when when there's an obvious truth. Something is obviously before our eyes, but then you're gonna you're gonna use all forms of deception to tell us what we're seeing is not real. Right. So so to, so we get to the point where we become confused. For example, when every anyone, uh, if the New York Times, um, 
report something about Donald Trump that's positive, then they're a great newspaper. Right. But, but then if they report something that's truthful or, or perceived to be negative by him and his people, then they're fake news. Right. But that's called gaslighting, because what he's doing is he's trying to he's trying to get us to say, you can't trust the media if they're talking bad about me. Mm. Although what they're saying is true. A perfect example of gaslighting is when you take the picture of the 2009 inauguration, put it against the 2017 inauguration and see a, a blatant discrepancy in attendance. And then you say, that's a lie. How is it a lie? It's there. And you say, well, they, they, they photoshopped the picture. You can't Photoshop live TV. No, you can't. And CNN did a good job of panning to it whenever they could. Right. And so, yeah. uh, and I don't, I, for, and if I'll be honest with you, for argument's sake, I didn't just watch CNN. I watched, mm-hmm. I watched, I watched the, 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 the terribly hated Fox News. I had to watch Fox News because I wanted to hear what they were saying. Right. And I watched CBS and I wanted to see it from a different perspective. I watched MSNBC. Everyone's television cameras told the same story. Same thing. So he's gaslighting. So we have to intercede on his behalf, intercede and say, oh God, number one, do not allow his deception to become the people's reality. Mm, Number two, you've got to show him when he lays on his bed that deception is is an offense to you and it's a detriment to the people and to him. Wow. Then number two, so he says, number one, ask God to help him. Number three, intercede on his behalf. Number three, give thanks for him. Now, this is the challenge. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) How can I give thanks for him? Wow. Now, this is, this is, the Bible says, in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. In all things, not for all things, but in the situation. Yes. So, 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 we thank God. Matter of fact, I'll say this. To be a thankful person, I always say this, gratefulness brings gratefulness. Ooh, that's okay? good. That's gratefulness good. Brings, brings gratefulness. My, the fullness of my life, of my, of my personal life, the satisfaction comes from me being grateful. Yeah. So, so what, I, what am I grateful for? Number one, there's something that's interesting. He doesn't mind the church uh, speaking its message. Okay. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful also that his heart is, is, to, is to revive the American economy. I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful that he wants to protect our borders from would-be um, t- terrorists and stuff. So he has great ideas he has but 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 his but his motive may be wrong but but what we have to look for the part that we could i've got to thank you for a president who's open to hearing or what the church has to say he's open to he wants he wants america to be great the way he's going about it may be wrong his idea of great is probably wrong mm-hmm. but we let's find the things to give thanks for philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says verses 6 and 7 it says be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes understanding or which is better than understanding or which, uh, no pun intended, which trumps understanding. <laughs> right. Will guard our hearts and minds. And so the Bible says when we ask God for anything, as we ask God to help him, we give thanks to God. God, thank you that you're helping him. When we intercede on his behalf, Father, Father we thank you. Mm-hmm. That by, by our intercession, he's changed. We give thanks for him on, on his behalf. And then the next thing um, that's important about our praying is, is that when we do this, we, we reap the benefit, the residual effect of living peaceful and quiet lives that's marked by godliness and dignity. Dignity. The dignity part is, is that we won't be ashamed, be ashamed around the world. And that word dignity speaks to the fact that we won't be, become captives by another nation. 
Wow. And I want to say this to those of you who are listening critically. I want, to, I want you to understand this. I've studied Revelation for a little while. I'm not, I'm not a, an authority on it, but I want to say this. I have not seen America in a revelation. Mm. I, I, now, I'm going to tell you who, who's absent. The Bible speaks prominently in the last days about the king of the east and the king of the north. Right. You, if you look at the, 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 the uh, global landscape right now, the king of the east, the leader in the east is China. Okay? Right. The, the leader in the west is Russia. So mm-hmm. the king of the west, I mean the king of the north rather, the, the leader in the north is, is Russia. The king of the north is Russia. So the king of the east is China. Mm-hmm. The Bible does not speak about the king of the south who is Africa. And when you look at Africa, but for a few bright spots, Africa is a nation that has been over the years depleted by colonization and, and oppressed in a lot of ways. So they don't have a, a, a political voice. Right. Or even a religious voice for that matter. Right. The king of the, the the issue was the West was the leading voice for the for the for last couple hundred years. The West, um, Great Britain, mm-hmm. um, Europe, and the United States they were leading. But look what just happened! Look what just happened! Europe is destabilized by by the the um, the departure of of major nations. Right. Brexit. Brexit not only removed Great Britain from the European. Um, community but also it weakened um great britain as a as a nation right or or, right. or, or actually as as a, 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 a um a league of nations because there are, there are many nations on the, the great britain on the great britain's flag right america following the brexit um um model elects a president who represents just exclusion and all these other things so now we're being weakened in the global um conversation mm-hmm you you take America, Great Britain, and and Europe remove. That's the West. Wow. When, when you remove the West out of the equation, we are ripe for revelation to be full speed at at um at being fulfilled. Wow. There is no America in the Book of Revelation. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and we we can move to the next um topic of conversation. Yeah. People are concerned that Donald Trump is so pro-Israel, but I'm gonna tell you this right now. Read the Bible. The Bible says God told Abraham before uh, in the initial stages of him birthing a people for himself, he said, I will bless those that bless you mm-hmm. and I'll curse those that curse you. And that promise has been repeated to every time God re- re-upped on that promise to, to um, Isaac and Jacob and every subs- subsequent leader in Israel. God has always reiterated that. He said, you pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I will, I will be a friend to those who are friend to you and an enemy to those who are enemy to you. Mm-hmm. So the greatest thing that America can do right now. Is, is stay true to our commitment to Israel because I'm going to tell you this, it's important. We may not be named in a revelation by name, mm-hmm. but we could be alluded to under the flag of Israel because the three major players in the book of Revelation, the three na- national players are China, Russia, and the star of the story really is Israel. Mm. That's wow. a lot. Yeah, that is that is a lot to digest. <laughs> a lot. And, and, and it's like, wow, because again, everything feels like it changed when the inauguration happened. The whole tenor of our country feels like it absolutely changed. And so would you say just based on that, that we are on the fast track or the express lane to revelations being fulfilled? Of course. And I think it started, I think it started um, when Barack Obama was elected president. Okay. 
God gave Israel the law mm-hmm. because man was sick, but he denied his sickness because there were no symptoms. Okay. God gave Israel the law of Moses to draw out the symptoms. Okay. Paul said, I had not known covetousness until the law said, thou shalt not covet. Right. And so I became more covetous after God gave me the law not to covet. Well, America was still racist, but we were calling ourselves a post-racial society until Barack Obama was elected president. And then the racist, uh, the racism came out. But what the danger was uh, and what the thing that, that bothered God, what he knew that we didn't know was that the racism was headquartered in the church. Right. Racism is the church's baby. Right. And so out of the church, out of con- out of the right wing, evangelical, moral, conservative um, um, part of the United States, the church comes a tea party and all these hateful little groups. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden we find out that the Klan has ties to the, to the, the church. The alt right has ties to the church. They consider mm-hmm. themselves to be to be Christians. Right. OK. And so God had to bring the, by the election of Barack Obama. He brought it out. They were insulted by God, by, by what God uh, chose to do. And so now when we came up and I believe that you're right, the day on uh, January 20th, 2017, will God go down in history for Christians as mm-hmm. the day that God turned the table mm-hmm. on everything and forced us to look to him again. I'm going to tell you something that's important. Um, in AD 70. Jesus had prophesied to, to Israel before he before he died. He said, "Jerusalem, Jerusalem." He said, "Oh, how I, w- I would have loved to take you, take take you under my wings and covered you." He said, "But now you didn't because you didn't allow me to. Some things are going to happen." Wow. Rome came in and destroyed the temple. Here's what happened: um, Jesus, his death and his resurrection, brought in the new covenant. But but the Jews, as a nation, as a people, refused to acknowledge that God had, was was doing something new. Wow. Because the, the, sacrificial, the sacrificial system was still in place. When Rome, when Rome destroyed the temple, it ended the Jewish sacrificial system that even today, there's, there are no blood sacrifices in Israel anymore, although they still acknowledge Judaism. Okay. What they missed is this. Without the shedding of blood, there's no there's remission no, of sin. Right. So that, so that if they reject the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, they don't have a, a substitute anymore. Their faith is, is empty without blood. Wow. But but because Rome destroyed the temple, because Rome destroyed the temple, they, they can't have blood sacrifices anymore. Mm-hmm. This is important because for us, God had made decisions about America, but because we still had alternatives, um, now God allows this election of this man who totally stands against everything most Americans, most it was most Americans. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton won the election by almost three million of the popular vote. Right. Were it not for this this caveat, this this little uh, um system called the Electoral College, Donald Trump is not the president, and God allowed that the Electoral College remain in place so that he can give us he could give America what she actually sowed towards. Wow. He's a harvest. He he the Republican Party was not for him. They were against him before he was elected. Right. But but he was their harvest. They, they, they sowed that seed, and he he's the harvest. That's the monster they created. They they they, they made a deal with a serpent, and it became a dragon. <sighs> so now God, but but the, the, in the grace of God, remember now God says He doesn't only need good things to give us good. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that He's able. The Bible says oh, He's able to make all things work together for our good. The good, the bad, the ugly will become good for us. But now we have to follow His program. Right, right. 
Oh my gosh, this has been amazing, you guys, and I hope you have enjoyed it. But that's all we're going to do for this segment <laughs> of Heart to Heart. But next time, we're going to continue this conversation because I want to pick up on a piece that you mentioned about racism being the baby of the church. We're going to talk about that next time on Heart to Heart. This is Gerard Bonner for On Course with Heart Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs>